Hey guys, and welcome back to the Young and Curious Podcast. Today, we are going to be doing a serious deep dive into our trauma and our childhood. We are going to be telling you guys nitty gritty story times about everything that happened when we were kids, growing up in the Middle East, and everything that made us who we are today. I'm your host, Mo Mustafa, and I'm here with... Your co-host, Ranima Bakas. Ranima is in the studio, everybody! Yay! A round of applause! I'm back! She's finally back! We're we're doing it. Like, I'm so happy you're here. Seriously. Aw, I'm so happy I'm back. I can't wait to relaunch Young and Curious. I'm so excited. Right? Oh my god, look at us. Episode 2, we're doing it. We're really here, and... First of all, um, since it is, like, technically our second episode, but really our first episode mm-hmm. back, Ranima, go ahead and introduce yourself um talk to us what's going on what's what's going through your mind she's a little sick right now you guys so I am. bear with us i'm the name of class um <laughs> just had to period re reintroduce myself just in case you don't know um i'm the right. co-host so i i'm kind of sick right now i have the flu but you know i'm not about to miss an episode of young and curious i would never never you do you guys dirty like yeah. that you know <laughs> it's been like two what two years Two years we need to be back. It's almost, oh my God, it's almost 2022. Yeah, I know, right? Oh my God, no, seriously. We have like, what, 10 days left of 2021? You guys are listening to this in January, but we're filming this like before. And Mm -hmm. it's it's actually crazy because um, the last time we posted a, a, episode was march 23rd 2020 oh my gosh that crazy? That, is crazy. that was like before everything shut down for covid and like now we're literally sitting in the future like oh my god what happened who are we <laughs> um and it's perfect because it's like we've changed so much so since that much. time you know so it's perfect because i feel like we're able to relaunch it and actually be like our genuine authentic mm-hmm. selves rather than like the young yeah. and curious kids that we were yeah. um before but yes i'm mo mustafa i already introduced you guys um to the first episode when i filmed Renee wasn't here you know she was working hard doing her thing being sick yeah and um uh so you guys don't need the introduction of me but today we're gonna be talking about our trauma hood and you guys may be like, what is that, Mo? It's our coin series. We came up with this word, um, trauma and childhood put together. And we're going to talk about just that, trauma and our childhood and the effects mm-hmm. of it that we see today as young adults. So um, I'm going to talk about my background growing up and like where I was born, all that things. And then Anim is going to talk about hers just so that we could give you guys a little preface. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to get into the juicy trauma. The this tea. Is to a therapy session. <laughs> Not therapy session. <laughs> trigger warning. And Anim said we should give you a trigger warning. <laughs> we should. Yeah. Trigger warning. Yeah. We yeah. go deep. So bring the napkins, Gosh. the tissues. Mm-hmm. All of it. And the therapist. And please. the therapist. Yes. Um. Okay. So like I said, I was born in the United States and when I was six months old, so like not even one years old, my parents moved me back to the Middle East. And the reason I came to America in the first place was just so I can get my citizenship. So then we went back to the Middle East and I lived in Amman, Jordan for um, a few years. And it was a good portion of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to America and that's where I am today. But I lived a really good portion of my life in Jordan and um, almost half my life I lived there or visited there or went back there. And so I, I was raised there for my childhood until I went into school in A, B, C, and D. Um, and that really impacted who I am today because yeah. like I was able to really be in touch with my roots and all that stuff. And like, I guess 
say I had the experience of being an immigrant, not like my parents, mm-hmm. but like in the sense that I came back here and like, you know, all the white yeah. kids were like, why do you sound like that? And I was like, what <laughs> you're talking about? I just like wanted to come and talk. Like, it was just like the whole experience. <laughs> but Aniam, tell us, what's your background? Where were you born? Who are you? Are you an immigrant? What I, country do you come from? I am a whole immigrant. Like the whole like was born out in the Middle East. Like, so um, I was born in the desert, y'all. I was born in the desert. To be told, <laughs> I was born in the desert on a camel. In a sand dune on a magic carpet. <laughs> in a pyramid. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but Not actually, a pyramid. Okay, but actually, I was born in Amman, Jordan. Um, I lived there for three years of my life, and then when I was three years old, my parents they decided to move us here to America. And I feel like mm. being born in Jordan, and I never went to school in Jordan. And my my little my siblings right. did, so I felt like. I felt different, you know, never right. being, never learning, you know, never learning the language. Like, Do you like, like the fact that your parents made that decision for you being young to go back to America? Or do you wish you would have stayed in America? Honestly, because I'm so slow, I feel like if I went to school in Jordan, if I like learned everything, I would be smarter. Because the schools there are really? hard. Oh yeah, math, girl, you'll be at, you'll be like on algebra by the time you're in like seventh grade. Literally, like I, grade. like I wish, like damn, like. I'm- well, Arabs did create math, so I do hope that that's the case. But yeah. I'm, I'm saying more so, like, do you wish your parents made that decision in the sense oh. of like, for you to like be in touch, like I don't, you are in touch with the culture and you yeah. just gotta be. But I'm saying like more so, like, do you wish you would have stayed there longer, or do you, no. are you happy with the way that everything worked out? I'm happy with the way everything worked out. I feel like. I had enough, really? yeah, I had, like, enough, like, enough, like, in touch with my roots, like, from, like, three years old, and, like, yeah. when I came here, I was still in touch with my, like, I was, like, I was around out of people yeah. all the time, so, like, it wasn't very right. different, but I feel like when I started going to school, it became different, but for the most part, yeah, I like, think, I think I'm the opposite, really? You wish you stayed there longer? Yeah, I wish I would have stayed longer. I do. And everyone's shocked by that because I'm like, all my cousins think I'm like whitewashed. <laughs> but I'm being serious. I'm being serious because I really do wish. I, I know my, my Arabic is getting better. Like my Arabic it is getting better. Michelle, like, it I'm is. Like, thank you. I, it is getting better. And I know how to read and write and stuff. I, I just wish I would have stayed there until like the end of middle mm-hmm. school. Yeah. And for the simple fact that I want to get better at like speaking Arabic and stuff. But also because there's so many stories from people who live in the middle east because yeah. like it's just the craziest shit happens and i wanted those stories i wanted those memories with my cousins i didn't want to be there by myself of course but like imagine how yeah. the crazy shit that would happen if we would have stayed there together like we would have been getting in fights we would have been like you know taking over <laughs> the monarchy like we would have just like come on the, the st- government of we would have been in the streets we would have been in, in the, the streets. streets yeah like that's, that's what i craved you know what i mean not in the sense that like i wanted to be there for the school system but like also like we lived in real village so i feel like we had that but not in the sense like let's not give the address oh <laughs> 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 okay but no one knows where that is okay but like we lived in that neighborhood and like that was kind of gave like sense of the middle east you know what i mean like it did because we were all close together and we were living in like tiny yeah. little apartments to be honest i don't, don't remember you, anything don't you... from men like i don't remember anything I, I remember a lot but i i think for me it, it was more of like a we were there and it just kind of felt like this is our country. Mm-hmm. Like everyone there spoke yeah. Arabic and like they were all Arab and like we were. The food there, the shawarma. Girl, we would have been so fat. Girl. We would have been so fat. So happy I came here now. I'm tiny. But America's worse. But- we got fatter in America. Yeah, true. But then I got tiny again. So like it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I got tiny again. <laughs> but I think for me it was more of like I just kind of wanted to be like more yeah. in touch with my culture. And don't yeah. get me wrong. Like I'm very in touch with my culture now. 100%. But I did go through a whitewash phase for a long time mm-hmm. where like I was just like. And I was never bad at Arabi. I just never spoke it. Like, I'm, I was always good at Arabi, but I got definitely got better. That's such... I feel like that's a normal, like, phase for all immigrants. All, like, yeah. second-generation immigrants. But, but I'm first-gen. 
Oh, wait, first generation. Are we first generation? I never understood that to you. You're, you're, no, no, no. You were just an immigrant. Don't mark me. You were an immigrant, bro. Go back to your country type <laughs> I'm of immigrant. Even, you were I'm an immigrant, immigrant born in the Middle East. I'm first gen because I'm the first generation to come to America, be born in America from my parents. That's what that means. And then second gen would be my kids. I feel like I experienced more of Jordan than you did. Yeah, 100%. But like, I came here, you know, but I was three. So I don't really remember much. I was seven. Yeah, see, you were older. Right? Seven. And then I went back. And then we came yeah. back. And then we kept, and then we visited again like six years later. All I, rem- <laughs> all I remember is visiting. Like I visited like in 2017, 2018, and then I visited again last year. But you know what? I am kind of happy we didn't we didn't go back because I'll tell you one thing. Everyone thinks that because you're in a conservative country like that, or you're in like a, you know, majority Muslim country yeah. like that, everyone's there is like better influence or whatever. Excuse me. Um, but in fact, everyone there is like all the teenagers are really bad. Like they drink, yeah. they party, they smoke, they do all of that, and it's kind of like same thing as America. You know what I mean? But I feel like people... So I'm, I feel like teenagers over there try so hard to be, like, Americans. Western. Like, yeah, Western. Yeah. Amer- like, they... Like, but don't you think that because you're an immigrant and you came to America, and I'm, like, first gen, I think the same way, our parents sheltered us so much because they were mm-hmm. afraid of America, like, corrupting yeah. us in that sense. Like, we go out, we smoke, we drink, or whatever. So we were so sheltered. Like, we weren't even allowed to hang out with our friends when we first yeah. came to America. Like, we would literally only be able to hang out with our cousins. I still have it, don't hang out with my friends. Like, I only hang out with my cousins. Mm-hmm. Not because it's not a choice, but just because that's what I'm used to. And that's another thing about traumahood. Like, that's the trauma, you know, we in were. its own way. That's a form of trauma. But I feel, they felt like they were protecting us in a way, but really, they were making us, like... Like, I know now I have, like... I don't have that bad of social anxiety, but, like, I have social anxiety. Like... I am not that outgoing when I, like, I need to be, and it's really bad, but, like, I guess, like, it's what, it is what it is, like, that's part of my trauma, that it's, it's getting better, like, now I'm starting to be outgoing. Right, right, and I see that, I see that in you a lot, actually, like, I've seen you, like, improve in that way of, like, I see you kind of wanting to go out more, but you know what, I feel like mm-hmm. it's kind of the same, the metaphor that I would use, is it's kind of like COVID, we were all in lockdown, we weren't yeah. allowed to go out, our social skills were put on kind of like freeze, we weren't able to hang out with our friends, it's kind of the same way that we yeah. were when we first came to America, we were put on lockdown, we weren't able to go out, and then when we were able to go out, it was kind of like, okay, now I'm scared, what do we do, you know what I mean, like, that's yeah. the, what, what do we do, Literally. you know what I mean, you were like afraid like to be judged, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, here's my thing personally, I have nothing against my parents, I know they did it with good intentions. They didn't yeah. have bad intentions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sheltering your kids like that is so dangerous because mm-hmm. you need to be able to experience the worst of the world to grow up. And and I know that they were scared, but like there's instances where it was like, okay, this is too much. Like where our next door neighbors who we knew we were not allowed to like sleep over at their houses or go yeah. over to like play games or like go out with them to like dig holes like in the field. Not the dig holes. Like, find toads and like snakes and put them in jars. We were so weird, okay? But um, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Those types of things. It was just like fun things that kids do yeah. and there's no reason to shelter us. You I know? feel like we missed out on a bunch of like things that kids do because we were so sheltered and it was like, it was out of fear. It was so much fear that we would we would become so Americanized and like lose touch with our roots but really it was more like we're always gonna have that connection with our roots but at the end of the day we're kids we need to learn to we need to learn these social skills we need to we need to like have friends we need to dig holes out in the backyard experience life we need to leave literally you know what i mean it's kind of like the phrase if you love something let it go you know what i mean let it Mm -hmm. go let it let it fly my parents don't know what let it go is my mom still has that plate from 2009 oh my god my mom is literally the biggest hoarder why does my mom have a texas instrument manual in the basement 
Um, the manual guide for the calculator. And I said, mommy, to throw this away. She goes, oh, what if we don't know how to use it? <laughs> it is literally a graphing calculator from 2003. Let it go. I'm it's not even the so actual calculator. Sorry. I love Like, let it go. It's taking up space. Oh and it's like a 200-page manual. <laughs> girl, you're not. And it's literally in Chinese. Like, girl, let it go. Like, <laughs> you can't even. <laughs> like, I'm tired. But here's my thing. I feel like one thing that some white parents do good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give white people their credit on this, okay? Which doesn't happen very often, but I, white people, I need, I need <laughs> to give you guys this credit. Your parents talk to you or they they lean you sometimes in the direction to learn more about drugs, alcohol, mm -hmm. sex, all of that stuff. You know, you have to talk. Yeah. You talk about it. Or like you, you warn your kids about drugs. Don't do this drug. Oh, you're, you're going to or yeah. like alcohol. Don't drink for us. We didn't have those conversations. It was just like, uh, um, weed is haram, and if you drink, <laughs> um, you're gonna go to hell, and it, if you even touch a bottle of alcohol, you're gonna burn to the depths of hell with Satan, and if you even look at cocaine, and we weren't even allowed to watch people kiss on TV until we were like, oh my god, that was the biggest. Remember, we had to close our eyes, or like, we yeah. had to stop watching the show. I'd like skip it. Oh my god, so yeah, fast. yeah, skip the skip, the skip. Oh my god, the skip. <laughs> no, but listen, there was this scene in Wizard of Waverly Place where Alex Russo, who plays played by Selena Gomez, kisses her werewolf boy friend remember oh my god it yes. was raining yeah it was that scene where it was like talking yeah about i know what talking about whatever and that she kisses him right and i was watching it and i'm so i loved alex Russo. like i literally love this show so much and my mom was like what are you watching what is it and it <laughs> turns off the tv and i was like it's literally wizards of waverly place it's like, literally it's disney <laughs> like i'm sorry what do you want me to watch mickey mouse i'm 13 <laughs> let it go like clubhouse mickey yeah. mouse in the club like i'm tired and i feel like so that's like, where like that. that's where auto parents like that's when they come like that's when they're too much like when you're out of, like, you don't learn about the big things that you need to learn about until you're, like, 18. Then your parents are like, okay, yo, look, go. Like, they, they, like, shelter you your whole life. Then you're, like, an, you're an adult, like, an adult by law. And now you have to, like, pay tax. And they're like, okay, yo, look, you can do it yourself. Like, learn. Right, right, right. And that's the problem is expectation and reality comes quite quickly. But also, that's traumatizing in itself. Like, mind you, we were so sheltered for so long. So I would go in public, right? Like, when I first went into high school, I had not been able to watch people, like, you know, when every time somebody kissed on TV, you'd have to turn it off. Every time we saw somebody drinking on TV, we'd have to turn it off. Yeah. Or every time we went through the uh, alcohol section at Kroger's or like <laughs> any like grocery store, we'd have to like run past it. Yes. So whenever I went to high school and there would be people like making out in the hallways, like on the lockers, like literally eating each other's mouths at 7 a.m. Oh, with their breath. Like, girl, the I don't want to see them making out at 7 a.m. Let it go. We, we It was a shock to us and it was so traumatizing because we didn't know how to... It, you know explain it all mm -hmm. so we became scared and we internalized all of that and that's traumatizing that's trauma because you started reacting badly to all those things because you were never able to ex not experience it but you were never educated about it okay you don't want me to watch people drinking on tv that's fine but explain it to me tell me these people are drinking because a b c and d don't drink drinking is bad because it's dangerous for you, you get addicted you can become alcoholic and yeah. like those are the things you need to explain to your kids not you're going to go to hell because that's not an explanation. It's just like a scapegoat for you. Mm -hmm. So I love my parents, but I think they're just a product of their own environment and their own generation, not yeah. knowing how to explain to them. And they carry that on to us. But I feel like we're different. I think we're different. I think our kids are going to be fine. Yeah. Right? I feel like we've learned so much and like we understand things more and we know like what we like, we know what we needed. So then we're going to input it onto our kids. I feel like, right. I feel like that's a good thing about like, 
our childhood. Don't you, don't you think? Like I, I was talking to my my dad the other day, and it was me and my sister, and we were just talking about like our like the next generation, and I was like, I feel like the next generation is gonna be pretty good. Like I think that like we're gonna stop all those generational things, and obviously they'll still carry on, or whatever. We're not perfect, but I think like this generation we had like a explosion of knowledge because of the mm-hmm. social media and everything. Yeah. So I think our next generation will be like more wise, more informed, everything yeah. like that. And my dad was like, the next generation is gonna be so corrupt. <laughs> it's going to be the worst people. They are gonna be so awful. They are going to be the worst people. They're gonna be like this all bad, like everything gonna be drinking in the smoking, the bikinis. <laughs> I'm like, Baba, like I understand where the fear comes from, but every generation has always thought of the next generation as going to be the worst mm-hmm. generation there like you know how millennials look at us or how they look at millennials and then i feel like we broke that i don't look at the next generation as corrupt like or yeah. whatever i mean there are the ipad kids who not like, the watch ipad kids. and like you know what I mean? which is your yeah. brother literally and literally brother. but i don't think do you look at the next generation like oh my god they're so stupid and dumb they're never get anywhere no i don't feel like that no i feel like we're breaking that that stereotype that stigma yeah um honestly like I feel like our parents probably thought that we were going to be, like, horrible because we, like, are Americanized and all this. Honestly, I I feel like I turned out pretty dang good. Like... You did. If I say so myself, I think... Yeah. (laughs) Okay, bye. But also, I think we had a lot of things grounding us. Yeah. You know, we had so many things around. I feel like... Here's the thing. I think that no one has it worse in terms of growing up in, like, a strict household than first-generation immigrants or immigrant children. Because, uh-huh. be- especially in a foreign country, when you're an immigrant in a foreign country, your, far- your parents are so strict on you because they're so afraid you're going to be corrupted by that country. Especially in America. They were so afraid they were going to so Americanize, strict. forget our culture, forget our language, forget everything, and that we were just going to go astray, start drinking and doing weed. Which yeah. some of us did. Not me, but some of the people I know who... Yeah, but some of them did but yeah not personally i think personally we turned out fine like i've never drank yeah. i've never smoked weed and even if i did i think that i would have like i feel like woken up and be like okay this, let me stop doing this like i feel like i've seen what that stuff can do to people i've grounded myself right, enough to yeah. be like yeah this is not a path i want to go down like i have so much goals for myself and so much like i know how to like be like girl like don't fucking go down like don't you know like sometimes you have to like ground yourself and you have to be like no like you have a goal you have this is your but you see how you taught yourself that yeah like our parents didn't teach us to ground ourselves they taught us to be afraid like that's the trauma hood i'm talking about like the trauma that like shows in our childhood like that's what i'm talking about the fear our parents didn't teach us right they taught us out of fear they didn't teach us out of and i'm not saying that that was their intention i know that they had good intentions but the effects show today we had to teach ourselves mm-hmm. how to ground ourselves in a whenever we went to high school yeah. people were like hey you want to smoke hey you want to go to this party and we had to be like no that's wrong even though all internalized we had oh no no smoking is bad and, and weed is and, and weed is bad and we're gonna go to hell yeah like, we had all that thoughts internalized and it, it it took a lot to learn to not do stuff because we didn't want to do it rather than because we feared our parents you know mm-hmm. what i mean it w- that took a long time to learn we, i feel like we took what our parents said but we also like took the time to learn why you know what i mean like like my mom okay like my parents would tell me like alcohol is bad you'll go to them. like you'll go to hell don't do this but I didn't know why until I reached like sixth grade and I learned why alcohol was bad, why we shouldn't smoke, why we shouldn't drink, what's it called, alcoholic, why? And I feel like that, like having to teach yourself that, that's trauma. Ha- not having someone to like be able to like ask questions and be like, why? You. Like you can't ask mm-hmm. why because then they'll be like, don't ask. Like, no. Right, right. Cause, and, and I think for me, it was like just having to teach myself there's a difference between not 
drinking because I'm afraid that my parents are going to get mad at me and not drinking because of the consequences that drinking brings. Mm -hmm. That's there's a big difference in that because kids who don't drink because their parents are afraid that they're or they're afraid that their parents are going to get mad at them are going to end up drinking. Yeah, they're going to end up drinking because they don't care that fear of your parents don't last forever. But kids who don't drink or like, you know, you know, go the right way. I'm not saying that if you drink, you're going to hell or anything. Because if you're not Muslim, then it doesn't That's really apply to you if you're not Muslim. Defiant. But like, right. But I'm saying like, for, for for kids who don't drink because they know the consequences of it, it's so much easier to hold on to your morals because you're able to form them. You're, you're not yeah. just a copy-paste of your parents' morals. You're not supposed to have the same morals as your parents. You're mm-hmm. supposed to form your own yeah. in the world. So like, But your parents are you supposed to help you. Your parents are supposed to help you form right. those morals. Parents are supposed to... Not force them on yeah. you. Yeah, I feel like parents pushing like pushing you so much makes you want to rebel against them and be like look look at me i can do this like you're not gonna stop me and i feel like some some immigrant kids have that mindset like my parents like pushed me so hard to be this one person that i don't want to be so i'm just gonna rebel and do something else and go down this different path and i feel like what our parents did i feel like how we came out instead of like wanting to rebel we were like okay i understand let me take this take their advice and turn it into something good and make use that to push myself to become better because they did have good intentions and that's what matters you know okay so we sat here we explained to you the idea of trauma hood we talked about our parents and our personal experiences but now let's get into the story times let's get into the nitty-gritty details let's talk about the effects of that trauma on us as young adults. So I'll start with the story time. And I think, Grenim, I think you've heard about it. I'm not sure. Ooh, so I'm when I was living in Jordan in the Middle East, um, I did go to school there. And I remember, I think it was kindergarten or preschool. I'm not sure. But I was on the bus. And mind you, in Jordan, the way the schools work, um, everyone's on like the same building, just different grades or for different levels. Mm-hmm. So like, it'll be like kindergarten, preschool, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. I don't know this. Excuse me. Fifth grade. And all in one building, right? Mm-hmm. And so me and my siblings were all on the same bus. And mind you, we went to a private school. So the bus would gr- directly Not the go private school. school. We rich. That's just... Right. <laughs> we weren't rich or anything. It was... That's just how it works there. <laughs> and so we were a lot of kids. We were like 40, 60 cousins in that school. So like, you know what I mean? We took yeah. up like a whole two, yeah. three buses. We, we had a lot of cousins. Um, and so we're, we're going home one day. And I was all the way in the back. And in the back of the bus, there's a curtain. And it's like a really wide curtain. It's supposed to cover the back. Um, it's like a really long bench in the back. It's usually for girls who are wearing the hijab, who want to like change their hijab or like they want to fix up their hijab yeah. while they're in the back of the bus. And they have a huge curtain that covers them. Or it's just a girl that wants to lay down. There's a curtain in the back for her privacy, which is totally cool. Mm-hmm. And there was no girl that was sitting there. So I was like, okay, let me go take a nap. <laughs> so I sat all the way in the back and I wrapped myself. Mind you, I'm like seven, six years old here. I wrapped myself in the curtain as a blanket. And I go to sleep. Bye. First of all, you know that I was tired if I slept in the bus. Because remember when you would put your head on the side of the bus? And it uh-huh. Would like, dun, 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 yes. It would, it would just, oh, you hear the whole you bus You get a whole shaking. concussion. <laughs> you get a whole concussion, but you're like, I'm so tired. And nothing feels better than a cold window on a bus. Mm-hmm. And you put your head oh, on it. That's so nice. That's so weird. This, oh my God, the trauma is coming back. <laughs> but like when you put your head on the side of the bus and all you hear is dun, 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 dun oh like it's literally like the worst feeling ever i'm sitting on the bus right and i'm wrapping myself in this blanket and i'm kind of just like feeling myself like i'm just like you know about to knock out i can feel myself about to you know go to sleep yeah and um then i i I wake up to the bus driver and he's like hamad hamad i'm like what i wake up there's no one on the bus my siblings had forgotten me and the bus driver was like 
your your siblings left like i didn't realize you're still in the bus it, it was like 4 p.m at this point my mm-hmm. mom freaked out when she found out that i was in the house and she was calling she called the police she called everything she called the school eventually they found me and went back but when i came home i got in trouble not my siblings who Bye. were like 10 11 who were supposed to wake me up because my sister was on the bus too and she didn't even know that i was on the bus with her she thought that i just didn't go to school that day so who got in trouble when they went home? The you. seven-year-old who fell asleep in the bus. Dun, 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 dun. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm the one who got in trouble. And that was traumatizing because I was like, I felt abandoned. I was a kid, obviously. Yeah. Like, I don't feel the same way anymore. But as a kid, I felt like, wow, my parents, like, oh, my siblings literally forgot me on the bus. And yeah. I was like, wow. And that was scary. You and got like, blamed I, for it. So now, every time I'm in a car or a bus, I can't sleep. Even on road trips, I literally cannot fall asleep because of this. I'm not joking. Yeah. I literally will not fall asleep in the car on road trips. And I'll and get afraid of being forgotten again. Literally, and because of the feeling of being forgotten, so many times this happened multiple times. I will be extra loud in the car. That's why I don't like when music. <laughs> but that's why I don't like when music plays really loudly in the car because I feel like it washes my voice out, and I don't like to be forgotten. Nani oh knows this. When we're God. in the car, when we're in the car and there's loud music on, what do I say every single time? Turn lower it down. the music. Tur- lower it down. Yeah. Turn it off. Like I hate when the music washes out my voice because I feel forgotten. Like it's so traumatizing. I'm not joking. That's why you're always louder than the music. Yes. It's always loud. Yes. Always louder than the fucking music. <laughs> literally. And everyone gets so mad, but I literally get so annoyed. And it's, it stems from this one story. It was really traumatizing for me. And I know it sounds so stupid, oh my but it's God, true. Hamad, <laughs> I did not know. I did not know that. No, because so- like actually like dead ass i did not know that you have a fear of being forgotten i do and it, it's so true because oh I, I, and especially when i came to america it like worsened because i like obviously didn't fit in it was a bunch of like white yeah. kids and like white girls who were mm-hmm. like with my little lemon bag and like you know my uh boots <laughs> and you know whatever like i remember yeah. i remember this girl mind you i was like i don't even know how old i was 11 or 12 this time there was this girl you know her and i was sitting in the auditorium and she was looking at me and she was like do you like paint your eyelashes? Like, are you wearing like mascara or something? What and I was the? like, no, I'm not wearing mascara. And she was like, why are your eyelashes so dark and thick? And I was like, they're just normal. Like, this is like, and everyone has like dark eyelashes. And she yeah. like rubs my eye and she's like, oh my god, your I think like your eye like your eyelashes are so long and dark and thick. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, your eyelashes are just so dark what? and thick for a boy. And I was like, girls, this is normal. People have long eyelashes. I'm sorry that your eyelashes Literally. look like, like, like you have four eyelashes stuck on your eyes. You look like a cartoon girl. And they're all falling apart. I know you're jealous. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I Not that she's home. jealous. Literally. And I went home that day and I, I cut my eyelashes. Like, I literally <gasps> cut them. Because I was so annoyed. I was like, I don't want them thinking that I like whatever. Oh, my Come God. Come to find out. Seven years later on TikTok, everyone's like, oh, my God, I want dark eyelashes. Like, I'm like, I hate you guys. I hate, I hate I these hate white you. girls. <laughs> Not them taking my trauma and turning it into a trend. Literally. And, like, obviously, my eyelashes grew back. Hello, jeans. Um, hey, period. But it was things like that, you know? And I came to yeah. America, I didn't feel like I fit in. So that feeling of being forgotten, that feeling of being abandoned was real for me. And that was mm-hmm. a lot of my traumahood. And then my parents yelling at me and getting in trouble at me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mom, like, chasing me with slippers. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, cause I, you know, fell asleep on the bus. That was like not, you know, that was not right. And I feel like my yeah. parents could have reacted mm-hmm. better in that situation to prevent my trauma. But yeah, I'm at um. Why did I, why did I just call you Yan? Oh my god, I'm, I'm thinking about my my British I'm friend name. So tired. <laughs> I'm so Bye. tired. We haven't Renin. talked in a minute though. So I know, I right? So. Renim, tell me, what do you think in your childhood affected your trauma? If there was anything that you can remember or pinpoint, this took a lot of therapy for me to get here, but. Um, 
talk to talk to us. What's going on? What's what's your childhood trauma? So, okay. Personally, what affected me the most? Okay, when I was little, I used to get body shamed a lot. So, like I would like it, I feel like the people who did it, I feel like it was more of like joking around, and that's totally fine. But like at the end of the day, when something when you're like a nine-year-old little girl who's already struggling in this new, like, environment. Like, you're in elementary school. You're already struggling. Like, you are always you already have this, like, perfect image of, like, what you want to look like and all these people around you. And, like, it kind of sucks having the people who, you're, who are closest to you tell you this, like, just degrading you. And, like, it, you can laugh it off, whatever, but at the end of the day, it still hurts. Words are words. You can't take back words, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, that happening i'm so critical about what i do what i eat what i look like and like like even the slightest thing can like set me off and i'll and i'll hate the way i look like if i wake up feeling like fat like i can't like i don't get ready that day like i just can't and it just like it's like it puts a toll on you and like sometimes like sometimes i literally like just just want to sit in bed all day and not do anything because like i feel ugly and I feel right. disgusting. Like, having that seed set when you're little, it just it sucks. And, like, having to, like, deal with it as you get older. Especially coming from, like, an ethnic household. You never have mm-hmm. that situation where your mom pulls you aside and she's like, you're beautiful. Like, don't worry. Yeah. But it didn't happen. It's kind of just like, and it's not because our parents didn't care. It's just because we were, like, in a situation where our parents were struggling to survive. Like, they were fighting mm-hmm. for our survival. They were trying to get a better life for us. You know, we yeah. came from, it's really a rags to riches story for us. Like, we came yes. from nothing. Being an Arab girl in an ethnic household, it's like, body image was so important to right. everyone. Right. And that sucks so much because, like, I feel like People have this, like, have this image for what they want, like, the girls to look like, right. what they want them to be. And it's, like, if you don't meet those standards, you're, you're just, halas, like, you're yeah. not even, like, you're ugly, you're disgusting, right. like, and it sucks because, right. like, you're nine years old, you don't know how. You don't even know what the stuff means. You just know right. that you're being degraded and someone's commenting on something you, like, don't even know how to control. Like, you're freaking nine years old, you're, you're, like, going through puberty, you're about to go through puberty, like... You're already critical about your body. Like, you're already, like, you're in a new, you're in a new country. You're in, like, you don't even know how to speak the language. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm over here, like, stuttering, stuttering my R's. And you're over here telling me I'm big. Like, I'm tired. (laughs) Like, I just got here. I just came off the boat. What play are we? Literally. Like, I just got here. Like, damn. I think, I I understand that, like, boys go through body shaming, too. But I think for girls, it's, like, a whole different level. Like, I feel for girls, it's all consuming. Like, I know that boys have, like, people have this expectation for boys to be, like, muscular and bigger and all this. But I think for girls, it's all consuming. Like, look at the makeup industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry on just, like, trying to get girls to look a certain Mm -hmm. way you know what i mean and for me like i think my body shimmy experience never really started until i got on social media because that's why i'd only post videos Mm -hmm. of like my shoulder up like you will you will barely (laughs) see a video of my full body go look it only recently did i start posting but you've been doing good you've been hitting the gym i have but i had to come to conclusion with the fact that like it's normal to be a little bit chubbier i'm not even fat. Mm -hmm. even if i was fat there's nothing wrong with being fat like even if i was like i had to come to terms with that because i would get comments mind you i'm literally doing my shoulders up and people would be like did you gain weight you look bigger and like i know that it's a random person i shouldn't care what they have to say but when you get those thousands of comments a day it was really hard for me to like you know but for your experience when it comes from your family or not even your family but comes from like people close to you it holds so much more weight literally and so that 
to like experience that i could only imagine and i knew you were going through like stuff like that like i know you always talk about it and like you like, talk you joke about it you always joke about it because mm-hmm. that's your coping mechanism. i do Danita it is my coping serious like she'll get serious for five minutes and then she'll crack a joke i like, l- like we were literally just talking seriously about body shaming and it ended with a joke you know what i mean like you, it's, it's a coping mechanism because when we were when we it were is. kids like in childhood we weren't really ever serious like to we like, like we were scared to be serious because we didn't want our parents to think that like invalidate our experience so like we were always joking mm-hmm. around or always being like lighthearted because yeah. that's the only way that we could talk to our parents and I feel you for that because, like, I know that what you went through was really hard and you're still working through mm-hmm. it. But, girl, you look good. Like, you look the fuck Bye. good. Hi. But, like, yeah, also, good. if you've noticed, like, my, like, I wear makeup. I can't go, I can't leave the house without makeup. Really? And that's because, yeah, like, growing up, I felt so ugly. I started wearing makeup at such a young age and now it's, like, now, like, revolve my whole world around that. That's why makeup is so what, important What to, to you is, like, the makeup look that you can't leave the house with? It's the bare minimum makeup that you can't leave the house with. Concealer, mascara, like, like literally, like, a like a face. Like, a full fucking face. Like You wear a full face every day. Not every... Like, sometimes, when like... you go out. I've gotten, I've gotten better at, like, just wearing concealer and mascara. Really? I didn't like, know that. But you have naturally good skin. Why would you need to put concealer? You have, like, naturally clear it's skin. It's not even, like... It's not even about, like, my skin. It's about, like feeling ugly it's literally about feeling like wow. disgusted with me like sometimes like it's just like it's just like how it is like that's how my brain has been wired like if you leave the house without makeup you're ugly like that's just how my brain is like it sucks too but like i've gotten better at like becoming becoming more comfortable with myself without makeup which is good at the end of the day like you still have the, do you think ugly. that in your childhood if one of your family members or if like someone in your family had pulled you aside and talked to you and been like, girl, don't let these things affect you. Would you think you would have been different today? Yeah, I feel like I would have been a little more confident if I had that support system. But like I never did. So it's like every kid should have that support system, that person telling them you're beautiful. Like, don't let anyone bring you down. I feel like that's that's something that we both missed out on. But it's crazy because it was like I always felt guilty going to my parents because like my mom came to this country with seven kids and she was at home and she was responsible for feeding these kids, getting them to school, mm-hmm. make sure they go to sleep every night, making sure they, they study, making sure they get good grades, make sure they go to school, like come back from school, make sure they're safe. And my dad was literally working almost two jobs, three jobs at one yeah. point and yeah. trying to provide for us. And I literally felt guilty to go to my parents and to be like, um, someone called me fat or like someone, because I'm like, my struggles are nothing. My struggle mm-hmm. is nothing. Someone coming yeah. to me or whatever and telling me A, B, C, and D is literally nothing compared to what you guys are going through. And I saw my parents be stressed. And I know it wasn't their intention to show us that. But, like, it was hard to watch my parents struggle like that and know that they're doing it all for me. And mm-hmm. that's, like, the true reality for a lot of immigrants is, like, to see your parents struggle and you're in this new country, you're struggling to figure it out, too. And you are feel guilty to go to your parents and tell them, like, what you're feeling. And we that was all subconscious, you know? It was all subconscious. Yeah. Like we didn't we, we that's why we couldn't really have conversations with our parents. Because even when we did have serious conversations with our parents, our parents shut it down. Yeah. So quick. We couldn't have real serious conversations. When was the last time you had a serious, I'm talking serious, deep dive conversation about a, a personal problem that you're going through with your mom where you felt comfortable to say everything that was on your mind and you were able to feel like she was genuinely helping you in that situation? never i've never <laughs> had one of those conversations with my mom I've never had a conversation with either of my parents i mean the most serious it gets was when we're talking about religion that's it yeah 
100%. And I feel like that's, like, it's so easy to talk to your parents about religion. Yeah. But it's so hard to talk about mental health. Yeah. And, like, what you're going through. Because I feel like, okay, I know both of our parents, like, your dad and my mom. Oh, also, by the way, through- we're going to be doing a whole episode of mental health. So be prepared oh, yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring, bring the napkins. <laughs> right. But anyways, um, I know our parents went through such, like, major trauma like nothing compared like i don't want to like invalidate what we went through but like mm-hmm. it's it, like they went through a lot like yeah. my, i know my mom is still struggling with like major anxiety yeah. from like what she went through as a kid yeah. so like sometimes like i'll invalidate my feelings and i'll be like wait like i shouldn't like talk about it. like my mom went through so much worse like what are what are you sad about like wow. you have all this like you're like you you have a roof over your head like what wow. are you sad about right and it's like at the end of the day like it's your feelings like you can't control what you feel right like we all deal with things so differently we all deal with trauma so different like my trauma could just be another wednesday for you right wow like it's like it's so crazy so don't invalidate like we need to like learn that invalidating our feelings just because someone went through something worse that's not that's not it's how like life that whole, works it's that whole argument where it's like um I'm just like, oh my god, like, ugh, I I got the wrong order at lunch. Like, I I I can't eat this. Like, I'm just like, I can't eat this. I'm so mad that I got the wrong order yeah. at lunch. And someone says, well, there's kids starving. And it's like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I know that there's kids starving, but like, that's not the conversation that we're having right now. But um, I think that like <laughs> the point I want to make off of what you said was the whole like invalidating aspect of it is our parents went through so much. My mom was 17 years old when she got married to my father. Yeah. And she had three kids by the time wow. that she was 19. So she got married. Oh no, no, she God. got engaged. She got married when she was 16. And she had three kids by the time she was 19 years old. Wow. She had three kids. That's- she was not, she was my sister's age when she had three kids. And she and she was literally, like, just trying to figure it out. Like, you know, she was mm-hmm. so young. And mind you, when she came to America, at first she didn't really know how to speak English. And my yeah. mom's English now is, like, really, really good. But, yeah. um... But it was, like, really hard for her. So sometimes I think, I'm like, my mom went through all of that. And, like, there were so many things that my parents went through. Like, like sometimes I feel like we forget that our parents are humans that have lives and, like, have friends. Yeah. And they, they laugh and they joke and they, like, have friends who they talk to and they talk shit about their friends sometimes. Like, their friends. Talk, <laughs> they have, like, stories. And, like, sometimes I forget yeah. that. And so, like, I feel I feel the same way. And I feel like sometimes I have guilt to bring it up to my parents. Like, but we shouldn't invalidate our own struggles because of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes. You know what also, that. you know what also I feel like helped us hmm. having cousins, having yes. cousins who are there who will listen. Like, like yes. especially like our talks. Like I and genuinely enjoy them because it's like it's literally a de-stressor. We can talk about anything. It literally is like this is our therapy. Like literally. we can't afford therapy, but like this is our therapy. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I don't even think they have therapists in the Middle East. Like, I don't even think they have them. Like, I don't Why? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think they do. Do they? I've never heard of I anyone, wonder. like, anyone in my family going to therapy, like, ever. Like... I, they need to, though. We I, need I to have heard, like, therapy. crazy stories about, like, what our aunts have gone through and, like, the crazy things that have happened to yeah. them. And my mom, when she was so young when she got married, and... Dude, my mom jumped off a building. Don't... <laughs> Hello? Hello jumped off a building. <laughs> when? <laughs> Did you not hear about this? no how she was like looking for our grandma when she was like six three and like she like jumped off the third story balcony <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> since when did my aunt jump off a three-story <laughs> building when did this 
happened. Oh my god, this one she was like, it was a long time ago. She was like three years old, six nah, years I'm old. I'm still going crazy, like, girl. <laughs> yeah, she had like separation anxiety from my grandma. And it was crazy. My mom has so much anxiety from the fact that she got married so young, and mm-hmm. she literally cannot. You guys, I'm not joking. My mom cannot go down in a grocery store or go down in a store by herself. She can't do it. She cannot do it. So every time she needs groceries, I have to be, she'll stay in the car and she'll mm-hmm. just drop me off to get it. Like this woman is almost 50 years old and she's never gone grocery shopping by herself. She's never wow. gone shopping by herself. Maybe she'll go to like a store like buy, but we'll always have to be with her or in the car. My yeah. mom has never gone to the store by herself ever. The only time she went somewhere by herself was a hospital. That's the only place she ever went by herself. I did not know that. It, she, my mom has such severe social anxiety. And the thing is, like, I see it. And I know how hard it mm-hmm. is for her. That's why every time she asks me to go somewhere with her, I never argue with her. Because I know that it's not an mm-hmm. option for her to go. And I try to push yeah. her out of her comfort zone. I say, Mom, try. Like, go grocery shopping one day by yourself. Yeah. Like, try it out. Like, But she gets so much anxiety when she goes to the cashier. And she tries talking to them. Like, I remember being 10 years old, trying to learn English. Going to the mm-hmm. grocery store with my mom. And I would have to be speaking to the cashier. Because my mom, could, yeah. the words could not come out of her mouth. Like, my mom would, mm-hmm. like, go to grab something. Or, like, I would be sitting there. And the cashier would be like, um, you can swipe your credit card now, ma'am. My mom would be like, uh, what, my credit my, what, what, cre-? And she would look at me. And I'd be like, ma, yeah, ma, like, your credit card. And she'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, she would, like, I could see the anxiety in her face. And it was mm-hmm. really, really hard for her. And that was hard for me to watch my mom go through that. And she she's getting better now. Like, she'll try to, like, go to, like, you know, she'll go to, like, home goods by herself. And, like, look for pillows mm-hmm. now. But she'll have yeah. to, like, call me or, like, you know, like, she'll, she'll only go for a few minutes. Like, she can't stay for a long time. And it's things like that. And it stems from the fact that she never had time to grow up. She was, like, yeah. 19 years old with three kids. Like, it was yeah. hard for her. I mean, by the time my mom was 32 years old, when she was in her prime, 32 years old, she had seven children. Oh, my God. Seven kids. I must have, yeah, that took me, that's probably, probably took a real big toll on her. And I, I my mom never got to like really really live her life i'm not saying she didn't have a good life i'm just saying she never really got to like grow up mm-hmm. and i see grow a up. lot of i see a lot of that 17 year old in her that's yeah. always shining its way through there like that's my why mom, i love your mom i literally tell love me that my mom does not sometimes you feel like when you're talking to her you're talking to a 17 year old not in a yes. bad way like you feel like that youth is still in there because like like your mom is the only aunt where i can have that conversation like i can have those conversations with like right. she it literally feels like you're talking like to your best friend yeah, like literally because your mom, I'm, I'm telling you my mom can be so goofy sometimes and that yes image, like that like young 17 year old is still in her like fighting its we, way out because yes. it's still there and i talk to my mom about it all the time and i know that she's obviously a grown woman and like you know sometimes she just you, she grew up through it but like sometimes it cracks its way there and it always reminds us like what she went through mm-hmm. and you know I, I don't know i just feel like i know my parents had a really really hard long life and i, I always want the best for them but <laughs> i can't get over the fact that like we do have a lot of trauma in our own life because of the way yeah. that they 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 were like neglected themselves you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when was the last time you saw yeah. your parents go on, like, a date night? Bye, because the way they were supposed to go on one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> really? But my, yeah, my dad was like, yeah, sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> my parents, their love is so, like, it's so weird. I was, like, was talking about them, about this. I was like, I've never, like, I feel like that's, like, that's also, like, a trauma. Like, we've never seen our parents be lovey-dovey. Yeah. So, like, we because don't was, have. We, was your parents arranged marriage? No. My dad asked oh. my mom to marry him three times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay actually my dad my dad asked my mom twice she said no oh, the first wow. time. <laughs> I, both our parents said nope yeah no i think both of our moms are out of our dad's league loki loki yeah 
I think but you, like, you don't think that your mom's not like, your dad's like whenever they got married. Do you think that your mom? Yeah, one hundred percent. My mom was pretty. My mom was really really pretty when she was what twenty. Mom was 16, 17. My dad was my dad. My dad was it was you you know he was handsome. But my mom was way out of his league. That's why yeah. she said no. The first I think time. I feel like all of all Arab girls are always out of the guy's league. Yeah. There's never there's not a there's never like that perfect ratio. It's always yeah. someone's got to be out of someone's league. Yeah, but most of the time I feel like it's a girl because yeah. the guys just be looking rough, but they glow up. I feel like Arab <laughs> guys have like that twenty to thirty year old grow up glow yeah. up. Yeah. And yeah. they just like right. they just go down and they start <laughs> holding fast. <laughs> they grow bellies and it's like really. It's bad. always the balding. It's always, it's always the, balding. the balding. That's where it starts. But um. No, I. Or seeding hairline. Like, I've never really like seen my parents be lovey dovey. Like, I, actually, I have, but not in like your Disney good luck Charlie yeah. family like and type I, of thing. I feel like, dude, have you noticed like we we can't be like emotional. Like I haven't, I haven't told why. someone I love you in like a serious serious way ever in my whole life. Me too. Yeah. Like it's we'll so, say each other like I love you bestie, but it'll be like that like illy like illy love yeah. you bestie like. But it's, it's like never, joking like, goofing you. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we can't we like. Love. We can't love, bestie. We can't, <laughs> we can't hug each other. Like, I can't remember the last time I hugged my cousins. Like, a genuine, like, I think I can hug, hug them, but it's like a high hug. It's not like a hold. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a joking, like, like, sometimes I'll, like, joke around and, like, I'll be, like, I'll be, like, lovey-dovey joking around. Like, but to we were your raised sister. so hard. Like, we were raised so hard. It was so rough and tough. Yeah. Like, it was tough love. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, I'm a very touchy-touchy-feely person. I'm very emotional. Yeah. I'm very touchy-touchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very, very in your face. And that's hard for me because I didn't know how to do that. Like, that's just the personality that's in me. Like, I'm, I, I, when I'm around you, I get close to you. I'm in your face. I'm in your personal space. I have mm-hmm. no respect for people's mm-hmm. personal space. <laughs> I'm in your face. <laughs> I'm touching your shoulder. I'm hugging Low-key. you. I'm, like, it's, and, and it gets annoying because the people around, especially my sister. My sister is the complete opposite. Both of them. Both your sisters. They hate touching they hate to be hugged they hate high fives they hate to giggle good yeah. they, like they hate it hate it hate it and it's mm-hmm. like so funny because like every time we're in public it's literally my sister no, like Yo, stop touching me like that's the thing like your siblings both your sisters hate touching but i feel like your brothers like the boys in your family they like they're all like t- like Love a mean right. especially except for one like my sister hates it like she cannot like yeah i'll like try to like be like i love you sada and she'll be like no like shut up oh yeah and i'm right. just sada's bad she's bad with that sada has no emotion like that girl like but that stems, from, that stems from her she was the first girl in the family and i feel like she like i think i think mimi's kind of the same way my sister mimi because yeah. mimi can like mimi like can laugh it off but you mm-hmm. won't like mimi's only lovey-dovey with my dad that's it She's yeah. a daddy's girl. Like she's like, hi, Baba. Yeah, so Sada. Yeah, but she can't Masada. do it to anybody else. My yeah, sister's married, and she's actually, like, can't Sada. even be lovey dovey with her husband. Like she's like, ew, don't touch me. <laughs> like it's so funny. She's like, ew, go away, weirdo. <laughs> like her, her husband, like, like her, and her husband's complete opposite. Her husband's very lovey dovey. He's very like, I yeah. love you, and she's like, ew, don't say I love you. <laughs> and it's <was>, like <laughs> funny, but that all comes from our childhood because we were raised so like rough, bitch. Like we couldn't Sada even can, breathe. <laughs> Sada can be lovey dovey to like my mom and to like my brothers but like me and her we don't like we can't yeah oh like, yeah no, she'll, sh- I... she'll show emotions sometimes but sometimes that girl's uh she's a whole ghost you're so right i never really thought about this sada really like doesn't show emotion <laughs> she's... dude homegirl homegirl literally fell asleep when we were watching a horror movie <laughs> you remember that we were like at the movies and she fell asleep it was literally like a man being amputated on the screen she's like (laughs) (laughs) she's over here snoring and we're like girl 
Oh my god. Oh my god, you're so right. You're so right. I that girl tired. has no heart. She she has no she has nothing like she's, she's just, I'm, I'm, tired. I'm I swear if you were to like open her up and dissect her, do an autopsy, it would just like it, the heart would be like an actual stone. Like and I'm not <laughs> but the thing is it's weird because like she's not mean. She's the, one of the nicest people I know to her friends. I know she's mean to you. But to like yeah. her friends and her cousins She's actually one of the nicest people I know. Like, seriously, yeah. so I was always, like, happy and smiley, which is weird. Like, that that doesn't sound like a... Like, you have no emotions, but you're always happy and smiley and giggly and, like, yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. She has her moments, but, like, I feel like... I like, feel like... She doesn't dude, come to, like, our cousin, our cousin, like, you know, hangouts. She's never, like, I hate being here. She's always just, like, oh, my God, hi, Except guys. Except when she gets headaches. Except when those headaches. But that's different. She actually has, like, a headache problem that she needs to go to the doctor yeah. for. Like, I'm, but you know what I mean? But, like... Isn't that weird? I feel like that's, like... But I'm the complete opposite. Like really i'm always like touchy and i'm always like happy and like like I, you'll never see me mad unless you actually yeah i don't think i've ever seen you actually i did see you mad once i did <laughs> see you mad once at day and i was in there and yeah. you like and you like i don't know what happened but i just remember seeing you mad it was so funny i couldn't stop laughing Ugh, i sometimes like i just can't. Yes. Yeah, i can't sometimes i just can't she like, I'm so like, Gang, that's literally my trauma have Thanks. you ever seen me like, mad huh did you ever see me mad or cry i've seen you mad at like summer like getting frustrated with her have you ever seen me like pissed off I don't feel like oh. I get mad a lot. I don't feel like I get mad. No, you know. What's You've like the gone. What's You've... like the weirdest state you ever seen me in? Like emotion wise, like what craziest state? I feel like when CD died. Oh. Like when your yeah. grandpa passed away. I feel like I saw you cry. I forget when it was. All I remember is there was mascara running down your face. I don't remember when it was though. All I can remember is what you looked like, and you were like crying. I think it was all of us together, mm-hmm. and it was Susu there, our cousin Susu, who's our like family therapist. Um, love her yeah. to death. And we love her. She was. I love that you one. were you were like bawling your eyes out, and yeah. um, you were just like going off, and that's like the most vulnerable place I've ever seen you. But when my grandpa passed yeah. away, that took a piece of me. Like I, I there's I still feel like mm-hmm. sometimes empty because my grandpa was such a big part of my life. He really, really was. One hundred percent. 100%. And I feel like even it was like even though it was like the worst time in our lives, it brought us all so much closer. So much closer. And so that's closer. that's where that's where I like love my grandpa even more because even though he's not here, he still found a way to bring us closer and that's wow. what like that's yeah, what he was, I'm going to start crying. And I feel like also that's a big part of our our traumahood, him yeah. dying. Yeah. That was the first death in our family. Yeah. Oh my god, you're so right. You're literally right. Yeah. Our grandpa. We had never felt that kind of pain before. We were young. But we were grown enough to that point where we, like, knew what the fuck was going on. So we weren't, like, guys, two years old. But this we were, is like, how effed up in the head we were. When my grandpa died, we ordered pizza and we're eating pizza during his funeral. Uh, during his, like, Isa, like, his, like, his his little, what is it called? Funeral what is American? Yeah, funeral gathering. We were eating pizza upstairs. <laughs> all, like, all my cousins. That's how, like, we... Did because not we know. Process like, pain. We were upstairs. We were, were all like internally crying, but we were all like making jokes and like telling stories about him. Yeah. And like we were all like cracking up. Like, oh my god, remember that one time that CD like popped out his dentures and like scared us to death? Like <laughs> <laughs> when he would pop out his dentures and be like, I have no teeth and be like, oh my god, this man is like a skeleton. <laughs> but like, like that's how we, that's how we cope. And it, it is from our yeah. childhood because our, we never learned to process our emotions, even to this day, but, which is so dangerous because if we ever get in relationships, that's going to be so bad. We can't we can't like process anything and it's like it's like even when my my dad's dad died Mm -hmm. i was cracking jokes with my mom and my sister while my dad was like depressed (laughs) but like oh my god that was recent that was recent but like it's so like it's so bad because i never learned how to process death i never learned how to 
process emotions like that like pain don't get us wrong we cried at my grandpa's funeral we cried yeah we did especially that night i I can't even really explain to it but if you've ever lost someone in your life you know the feeling like when you find out that they passed away like when someone gives you the news everything literally feels like it's slow motion like it literally feels like you're like everything feels like it's happening in slow motion literally the world freezes for literally two seconds everything kind of just like slows down and the heaviest pressure on your chest it literally feels like you're literally going in slow-mo and everything is all your bones Mm -hmm. are so heavy and you're just like what i feel like honestly i didn't process it i didn't process it until like the actual like funeral yeah because like it like didn't feel weird to me i was like i was like no no he's he's literally he's in the hospital like he's gonna come home tonight like it's not real i think the part the place where i got closure was that day that we knew that it was coming like we knew the day was coming mm-hmm. we didn't know it was gonna happen yeah we soon. knew we knew five days ahead they the my Carlito called yeah. us and she was like they told us he's gonna die like soon yeah. but we and didn't know honestly, like the date we just knew that maybe like that month like next month or like, you know what after that we didn't think it was gonna happen no, that week. it was he had been sick so much and this had happened so much that we all were like no like they're just like this they've said this before like it's not that big of a deal. Right. And so we were like, whatever, he'll be fine. But then we all went and visited him at the hospital. And like, we sat down. I literally sat down. I'm not joking. Like, I literally looked at my grandpa for the first time my whole life. And I love my grandpa so much. I was like, see, though, I love you. Like, I said it. And he was like, I love you too. Have you been? He was mm-hmm. sitting there. And he was like, uh, um, he was like, you know, just saying all these things. Remember, he was sitting there. He's like, I love you guys. He was like, stay strong. Yeah. He was like, like come not say here, goodbye. promise me all these things. And like, I'm literally sitting there, bawling my eyes out because it was like days before he had passed away. And we yeah. didn't know. We were like, see, you're going to be fine. We'll see you. The don't day, worry. Like, the day he died, he literally told everyone, come say goodbye to me. I know. We were all like, don't, don't talk like that. Like, right. Don't say that. And like, I was, I saw him. I saw him that day. I saw him and I w- was about to say goodbye. And I didn't like give him a full like goodbye. I gave him that. I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Ugh. And I regret that every single but day. Don't though. I w- don't though. Yeah, I, I know. Don't regret it. But like, I wish, I wish I gave him a kiss right. on the forehead. I wish I was like, goodbye to you though. But like, I didn't. And I was like, damn it. Like, I literally thought he was going to be here tomorrow. But, I mean, I, I can't like, even really imagine getting- what our parents were going through. Imagine losing, like, I know losing a uh, grandparent is hard. It is. It's really hard. It is. But compare that to but- losing a parent. Like, just because yeah. like a parent is like, you know, you're obviously close to Big ass the first time. That's the first time I saw my mom have emotion. Like, the first time I saw my mom Oh, my God. Cry. I've never seen my dad cry. My dad didn't... He, he was, like, tearing up and, like, got really emotional. Oh, my and God. That was the first time I saw my uncles cry. Like, your dad. Like... <sighs> all right. So, to wrap this all up, bring this all full circle. You know, we're talking about our trauma hood. We're talking about trauma in our childhood, how it affected us in today. And I think the last point I want to make, and then you can make your last points, is... Yeah. People always say, Mo, you talk so fast. I literally cannot keep up with you. And, like, I get those comments on my TikTok videos. I get those comments on my YouTube videos. Every time yeah. someone talks to me or I meet them, they're like, you talk so fast. Slow down. And I get always, you're so loud. Like, you're such a loud person. There's two reasons. One, I grew up in a family of seven. Two, mm-hmm. every time we were sitting at a dinner table, we were sitting around, and I wanted to say something, interrupted, interrupted, interrupted. So I yeah. felt very early on that I had to be loud and quick to get my point across. So before mm-hmm. Blank, you know, interrupted me, I had to be like, oh, by the way, I, I just want to let you guys know that I bought that one pillow and that I bought the juice and I put the juice in the refrigerator. And you guys, had, like, I had to talk so fast yeah. and loud to get my point across. And now my biggest pet peeve and the biggest red flag is when people cut me off, when people interrupt me. And I hate interrupting people. That's why, like, when I was like, I was like, I, I hate interrupting yeah. people. I, I really hate interrupting people because I, I know what it feels like to be interrupted. So that's why I talk fast. That's why I talk loud. FYI, I'm working on it. Like, I'm trying to, like, try to talk slower. But, uh, yeah, Ugh, anyways. You guys know it's trauma hood, okay? It's affected me now, even to this day. I talk so fast. <laughs> trauma hood. 
We'll be back. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Tell us. I feel like I've gotten used to you talking fast. But do you think like, I talk fast though? No, honestly, like I, I just hate when people talk slow. So I like how you talk oh, yeah. fast because you get your point across. Like I just can't stand but slow. You see, I'm a loud person. Like naturally, I'm a loud. You person. are. Yeah, Love you are allowed. <laughs> she said, "You are." Brought you are like <laughs> <laughs> you. You are one hundred percent allowed person. Yeah, I am. And it's that's bad. like that's normal though. I'm allowed. It is, person. but it's, it gets really bad, and I know it gets it bad does. because the loudness because it gets annoying. And like I've admitted mm-hmm. it to myself, like I'll be in, like a, with my cousins, and I don't mean to be loud, and I'm gonna start talking, and it, girl, it be it be it, it was me, <laughs> it was me in class, and we were taking the ACT with the test, right? We we're also no, down. we were quiet for four hours hours literally four hours taking this test i get up about to hand a teacher i said oh i'm done and he said mo i said shit i said damn i haven't talked in four hours my voice was ready i was ready to pop everyone looked at me like damn you're so loud i felt i felt more i felt like a whore after that bye i'm tired so that's when i was like damn i'm I'm loud but i try to work on it because i am loud but yeah my screaming videos on tiktok <laughs> you literally screaming in the car. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Final final thoughts. Wrap it up, Anim. What's what's going on through your mind? Always watch what you say to people, especially right. young kids. Yeah, seriously. Like, hello. Yeah. We're like we're products of like drama. <laughs> like <laughs> literally. Like just watch what you say. Like watch what you do. Like always like I always try to be that support system for any of like our younger like our younger cousins. Mm-hmm. I always try. But like always always be there for your younger siblings and your younger cousins all right you guys thank you for spending this hour with us um yeah we've been talking for a long time i feel like this is a good chat like we really got nitty gritty and i think it was really Mm -hmm. good full circle we talked about the trauma in our childhood um if you guys like the trauma hood coin series let us know we'll keep doing them we really like talking about it it's our it's our like special Mm -hmm. episode that we came up it's our whole personality (laughs) yeah unfortunately it is it's it's our whole personality Um, all right you guys thank you to so much for joining us today obviously we're gonna see you because our beautiful co-host um and we're sick so thank you for for fighting through it anyway you guys thank you so much for listening to this episode we appreciate you guys making it all the way through our podcast comes out every week be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode thanks for tuning in to young and curious Bye. bye